You're listening to the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. Here is your host, Dan Zielinski. Welcome to this week's edition of the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski, founder and national writer at BaseballProspectJournal.com. Spring training is in full swing and games started this past weekend. It was good to watch some live professional baseball and also as well see kind of some of these new rule changes and the impacts they have on the game. This is always one of my favorite times of the year with college basketball kind of wrapping up and Major League Baseball spring training underway and knowing that opening day is just right around the corner. Over the last couple weeks, I interviewed Brewers prospects Eric Brown Jr. and Tyler Black to kind of give you an inside look at the Brewers farm system and player development system. Now, this week, I sit down with David Gasper of ReviewingTheBrew.com as well as the Cold Brew Podcast to discuss all the latest storylines around the Milwaukee Brewers as we prepare for the 2023 season. In this week's episode, we discuss the Brewers offseason, their handling of Corbin Burns and his future with the organization. We also take a look at the Brewers farm system and some prospects to watch and who could make an impact on the Major League roster this year and we also just give our overall thoughts on the milwaukee brewers and how we think they will fare in the national league central this year david is extremely knowledgeable about the brewers and just the organization from top to bottom always enjoy sitting down with him to talk baseball in this week's episode he provides great insight on the brewers and kind of the situation they're in right now i also like his perspective on how he views the Brewers going into this year as well as next year. These two years are really crucial for the organization if they want to win a World Series and compete before some of their marquee players are eligible for free agency. So we get into all of that in this week's podcast. So now let's get to my conversation with David Gasper. Joining me now on the Baseball Prospect Journal podcast is David Gasper of Reviewing the Brew and the Cold Brew podcast. David, it's always good to talk with you. It always seems like we're talking around draft time, but now we're talking in February. Either way, it's it's always good to talk baseball and brewers with you. Yeah, I am happy to happy to come on and and talk some talk some brewers, talk some baseball. We got spring training in the air, so it's uh it's always a good time to talk. For sure. Before we get into brewers, talking about some games starting up lately. Obviously, there's the pitch clock, there's the batter is timed with getting into the batter's box, things like that. What do you think of some of these new rule changes in baseball? Yeah, I mean, some of them I, I like. I mean, the, the ban on the shifts, uh, I think, is going to be good for a lot of hitters. I mean, you, you see it so many times with, you know, lefties hitting the ball really well, but some you got the second baseman in short right field, you know, it's always able to get it. Um, so I think eliminating that is, is going to be good. Um, you know, the, the pitch clock stuff, you know, I always used to be against it, you know, but, but with also, also with what we've seen in the minor leagues, um, it seems to have gone pretty well. Uh, pitchers have adjusted and, you know, I, I think in time we'll see pitchers adjust to it and, and hitters adjust to it. Um, you know, you, you're going to have some growing pains here in spring training, but, um, I mean, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how much it actually shortens the game. But 
I don't want like big moments being taken away because, oh, the, the pitch clock, oh, the, the, the hitter wasn't in the box in time. So an automatic strike, oh, that ends the rally. Like, I, I don't want to see that. So I, I don't know how they're going to adjust to that, but uh, hopefully they'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, I'll be. I'm curious to see how that plays out. You know, something big is going to happen with this clock and a strike call or something like that. But uh, one thing in terms of the Brewers now, obviously their off season to me, they were pretty inactive for the most part. Sure, they traded for Winker and Contreras, signed Wade Miley, but besides that, it seemed like they were pretty inactive. They had the whole Corbin Burns saga. That's a saga that's going to continue. Before we get into talking about Corbin Burns, because I know you have a lot to say about that, and I guess oh, yeah. so do I. What did you just think of their offseason in general? I mean, their offseason was was all right. You know, I think they did a couple of good things. I mean, the Contreras trade was was fantastic. Um, you know, being able to to move only Asteri Ruiz, get a, a really good answer at catcher. That was something that I really wanted them to find. This offseason, I didn't want I didn't want them to run it back with Omar Narvaez and, and Victor Caratini. You needed an upgrade there, and they got one in Contreras. Winker, I think, is a really solid bounce back candidate, um, and, and he's going to help replace uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who departed in free agency. And, and McCutcheon didn't have that great of a season. You know, it wasn't too horrible, but but it wasn't great either. Uh, so Winker should be an improvement on that. So I mean, you improve two spots in the lineup. Um, you know, that and really in the middle of the lineup as well. So I, I think that's that that's some really good work there. And you know, with, with some of the other stuff, you know, the Renfro trade and, and the Wong trade and, and all that, like I get it. You know, you got they, they're trying to clear the deck for the young prospects coming up. You you gotta clear the deck for the for the Joey Weemers and the Sal Freelix coming up, cleared for Bryce Terang. You know, those guys are ready and, you know, having those veterans there as great as they are, you know, they, they could be a bit of a roadblock there when, when it's time for those guys to get some at-bats. So they're, they're trying to do this transition seamlessly to the young prospects while staying competitive. We'll see how well they, they were able to thread the needle here. Um, you know, hopefully you get really good seasons from, from Winker and Contreras and, and you're betting on bounce backs uh, from, from some of the other guys. You're betting on Christian Yelch to bounce back for, on Rowdy Teles to continue to, to play well. You're betting on, on rookies, on, on young kids to come up. You're, you're betting on Mitchell and, and Freelich and, and Weimer to, to really produce and, and Terang. You're betting on him to produce. I would have liked to see a, a more solid answer at third base. Uh, that, was, that was really kind of the big thing for me. I mean, I, I like Luis Arias. He's still young. He's still got potential. I would have liked to see him get a, a bigger upgrade at that spot. But, you know, they, they got Brian Anderson in. And they've got a, a whole group of guys. And they'll they'll figure it out. Um, but, you know, maybe that's something that they can do at the deadline, provided they don't trade away one of their superstars again. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. I mean, I'm not too optimistic frankly i do like the Contreras move i like the winker move but again like urias i think he's better suited as a utility guy who can play mm -hmm. in multiple positions so that's gonna be something to watch and then corbin burns is gonna be a guy to watch the entire year with him being eligible for, for free agency after 2024 
he had the famous press conference where he came out and kind of pretty much ripped on the organization. So it's not off to a great start. What do you make of the way the Brewers are fighting with their ace over $740,000? Yeah, that was the worst pitchers and catchers report day of my lifetime. Just, <laughs> hey, pitchers and catchers report. Hey, great. Corbin Burns hates the team. Like, it, it, it was so stupid. Like, even I, I could tell this from the beginning. As soon as they didn't settle uh, on the filing date and, and they filed it at the two numbers that they did, I knew this was going to be bad. You know, that I, I even wrote at the time that this is a dumb game of chicken that they cannot win. There, there's no winning this. Even if you win the case, you still lose. That you you lose so much more by going out there trying to win this case and, rather than just finding a, a midpoint and settling. And even if you have to pay them a little bit more, you know, seven hundred thousand dollars. That, that, that's a drop in the bucket. That that's a league minimum salary for for one guy that, that you'd be paying them so it's it's ridiculous that they took him there and then the line of arguments you know that that they use with burn saying that they blamed him for why they didn't make the playoffs last season which is ridiculous on its face to even insinuate that he had any part of the reason why they didn't make it last year and, you know, I, I think Burns is, is probably playing that up a little bit more than what the Brewers actually were arguing. I don't think they, they were blaming him as the number one reason why they didn't make it. But also, they're not going to talk about the laundry list of other reasons why they didn't make it in a Burns arbitration hearing because they're only there to talk about his salary. So, it, but Burns is going to be sitting there and that's how he's going to hear it. You're not talking about the fact that you traded away Josh Hader. You're not going to talk about the fact that you didn't get any offensive help. You're only talking about me. You're blaming me for all this. So it was horrible and it was stupid. It, it was unnecessary by the Brewers. This was all completely avoidable. And all it tells me is that the Brewers know and they have no interest in signing Burns to an extension. They know they can't sign him to one. Why they're deciding to burn the bridge with him before he goes is ridiculous to me. I mean, you could at least, you know, be considerate about it. You know, you, you don't have to make these ridiculous arguments just to win an ARB hearing and make him upset the, the whole time. You can still handle it professionally and understand, hey, look, you're probably going to leave in free agency. We probably can't afford you, but you can still, you know, keep it classy for the two years re remaining that he has under contract. So it, it seems nuts to me that they would do this. And now, now they can't even go to the fans and be like, well, we made a good faith effort to keep him. No, you didn't. No. no, you didn't. All this has been aired. Everyone knows you didn't make any good faith effort to keep him. You, you had no interest in making a good faith effort to keep him. They were, they, they're trying to push him out the door, it seems. Yeah, that's my problem with it is that we all know the Brewers' chances of signing one of the top three pitchers or so in the game was probably slim, especially with them paying a bunch of money to Christian Yelich. Their owner's cheap. They have a small payroll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we <laughs> We don't need to get down the Antanasio road yet, but we know they weren't going to resign him most likely. So I just don't see why in good faith, give them the extra little bit of money and just play it off and move on with life. But instead they yeah, chose to go down the hard road. You answered my next question on, I was going to say they have 0% chance to resign him. I guess you said the exact same thing. What do you think they should do with him? Should they trade him? at this deadline, if they're not competitive, should they wait till the off season next year? Or should they just ride it out and see if they can win it, win it all in the next two years? 
So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the slim hopes that I had of, of a Burns extension went away as soon as I heard his comments there on, on pitchers and catchers report day. As soon, as soon as that happened, I knew it was over. Um, as for what they should do with him, he's a Cy Young winning ace. Your team is much better off having a Cy Young winning ace on it than not having a Cy Young winning ace on it. I think that's just common sense. I mean, you, you look at the past, however many World Series winners, how many of them had a, had a Cy Young winner on it? Pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. So if you want to win a World Series, having Burns on it gives you your best chance. Sure, you can trade him and you can get some prospects and some big league talent, but are you getting the best players? Are you, are you getting the better end of that deal? More often than not, no. You don't end up getting, getting the better end of that, especially in, in the short term. Whether you're trading Burns away with, with one year left, are you improving your chances of winning a World Series in 2024, or are you making it worse? You're most likely making it worse because th- there's no one that you're getting back that can replace what Corbin Burns does for your team. In fact, probably a decent chunk of that return is going to be in the minor leagues for 2024. So what good does that do you? What good does that do you for getting the next bite at the apple? It, it makes no sense to me that, that they would you know push themselves down this road. But, I mean, they may end up trading him next offseason. I, I could very well see it happening. I think it's unfortunate. I don't think they can pull a midseason trade again simply because of the Josh Hader thing. Um, they were in first place with that. And I don't really see the Brewers falling out of contention this year or even next year. So you can't really do it at midseason. So next offseason is really your only opportunity to do so. But you got the same situation with Willie Adamas and Brandon Woodruff. And you certainly can't trade all three and expect to tell everyone, oh, we still plan on contending. No, you you are entering a rebuild at that point, And I don't think they can do it. They, they can't get away with, with arguing it. No one's going to believe it. And they would lose the trust of a lot of the fan base. They've already lost a, a decent chunk of it. And they would lose so much more. So I, I think they'd be better off having Burns for the next two years and then letting him walk. But I could very easily see them trading him. Yeah, the only reason I would say to trade him is I think they can be competitive the next two years. I don't see them winning a World Series in the next few years, at least with the way the roster is constructed, with the way they've spent money the last few years. And like you said, with Woodruff and Adamas also free agents after next year, these next two years are like kind of must win situations. Cause if they don't return any of those guys, they're in big it's your trouble. window. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, why but so- whether they realize it or not, it's their window. You know, they, they can be like, Oh, we're trying to extend it or, or whatever else. No, like this is your window. I mean, you are going to be depending on a lot of rookies to come up and, and all live up to their potential. I mean, they're, they're going to be depending on Terang and Mitchell and Freelich and Weimer, and they're going to have to all, live up to their potential and, and Jackson Churio eventually is going to have to have to live up to his, but you never know with prospects. You know, we, we we've both been in the prospect covering yeah, world yeah. for long enough to know. You never really know with prospects who might turn out, who won't. I mean, Corbin Burns was like ranked like what 20th on the Brewers lists, like for up until like his final year before he got called up, like he was way down and they had guys like Lewis Brinson, number one, what happened with him? You know, yeah, like 
even the guys I've interviewed over the last seven, eight, whatever years it is now, like maybe 10% of them have even made it to the major leagues. And then an even smaller amount of those guys mm-hmm. have even panned out to anything. And we've seen it like Keston Hira. He was yeah. came up his rookie year, really productive. And now I think he's kind of fighting for a roster spot, whether it's this year or next year. But um, I, I don't think he makes it through the end of the year on the roster. I, I just don't know how they can keep Keston on the roster defensively. He's pretty much a liability at almost yep. every position. Like, yeah, you can say defense doesn't matter, which it doesn't. But then when he's hitting 240 with 13 home runs or whatever it's going to be like. If he's even hitting 240. Yeah. Like, so, I, I would love it if he could hit 240. He's he's not even hitting that. It's still, then he's striking out 40% of the time. I don't get what happened to him because coming out of college, I mean, coming out of college, we all knew he couldn't play defense then, but his calling card was his hitting tool guy mm-hmm. who's hitting over 300 more of a doubles hitter than power guy. And one scout told me if he sticks with that route, he's going to have a lot of success. But if he tries to go for power over average, he might run into trouble. And it seems like that's the route he's chosen to go down. And now he's, yeah, he's looking like a bust almost pretty much. So. Yeah, I mean, like, legitimately, I mean, he had one good season, one good half of a season at, at the big league level. And ever since then, he struggled. The, the strikeout rate just continues to skyrocket. And, like, like this was one of the best pure hit tools that, that you could find. It's like he always seems to find the barrel, and now he can't even find any part of the bat. Like, how did how did we get here? Like, like, where did the Brewers go wrong with, with Kesson Hero? That, that's what they need to be asking themselves because this was as, as supposedly a can't as can't miss of a hitting prospect you could find, and they missed somehow. And I don't know if they need to find a way to get him back on that, you know, average doubles power type mindset or or what. But they have royally screwed up. Keston Hira. Now you got Luke Voigt as a non-roster invite who does essentially everything Keston Hira does, but better and with a longer track record of success at the big league level. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how that battle plays out in camp. I would be shocked if they would cut him at the end of spring training, but like you said, their window is now. It still shocks me that with their window being this year and next year, that Mark Antanasio still didn't open up the pocketbook a little bit and spend some money and add another quality hitter. I don't know what his deal is. And I don't know if he's just content with owning a team and having relatively competitive team or what his deal is. But to me, it just doesn't seem like he's really serious about winning a world series. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of been the, the criticism for a while. Like, you know, e- even with, you know, all the things that, that they've done, you know, for, for maintaining a competitive team and, and all this stuff over the years, it, it's like, there, there's still a little bit more of a, of a push you need to make just looking at previous world series winners, what it takes to get there, what, what the roster needs, you know, as much as it is getting hot at the right time, it's also having the talent to, to begin with that, that'll allow you to get hot more often. I mean, last year, the, the Brewers offense was not talented enough to get hot enough and get hot at the right time enough to, to win enough games, to, to get there where you could trust them in the playoffs and in your big moments that they would be able to come through. I didn't see that last year with the offense. They struggled in clutch situations. So even with, you know, some of the, the underlying offensive numbers looking okay, the, the, the issues with this offense have been 
not fully addressed. I mean, I, I think they did some good things with uh, getting Winker and Contreras in there, but th this is where also I think the young prospects come in because most of their guys are not strict, like contact oriented approach. That's been their draft approach in recent years. That's yeah. that's Garrett Mitchell's approach. That's Bryce Terang's approach. That's Sal Freelich's approach. So getting those guys into the lineup where they're closer to hitting like 300 something, that's really what they need. They did their top hitter last year was Hunter Renfro hitting like what 255. Like, yeah. like that's your top. Like I know batting averages, you know, like there's it's not the greatest step, but still like 255 is as your best batting average on the team. Like there just wasn't enough power going on there. There wasn't enough on base ability with, with these guys. The, the the top OPS I think also was Renfro and he was also, it, it also wasn't super high. Right. Yeah. I mean, they really haven't developed a homegrown hitter since Jonathan Lucroy. So it's been a while. Yeah. And I know you wrote an article this offseason ranking the Brewers' top 50 prospects. The Brewers' farm system in general has gotten a little bit better over the last couple of years. Obviously, Jackson Chirio helps mm -hmm. that with being a top three prospect in the game. But Sal Freelich, Tyler Black, Eric Brown Jr., all some solid picks. They've had some other guys mixed in there, too. Is there a prospect you're kind of watching this year that you think can really take a big jump, whether that's still in the minor leagues or for the Brewers at the major league level? Yeah, I mean, I think one guy is going to be Jefferson Cuero. I mean, he's, as a catching prospect, um, you know, as a teenager, what what he's done um, in, in A-ball is just really incredible. Uh, you know, the the hitting talent, the the defensive talent as well, the ability to handle a pitching staff, handle pitchers, uh, maturity, leadership, all the intangibles that, that you could want. Uh, and, and just, you know, really strong, solid hitter. I mean, he got a, he got a double, uh, today here in a spring training game against, uh, Jackson Coar. I mean, I, I know it's Jackson Coar, but also that, that that's a big league arm and he's a 19 year old kid who just played Nayball last year and, and he got a extra base hit off him. Like, like that, that says something about his talent. I mean, th th this is another kid that's been raved about by scouts, kind of an underrated international signing. I think he only signed for like $200,000 and, he's really kind of been able to, to explode. And I think once this uh, big, you know, crop of prospects, Freelick, Mitchell, Terang, Weimer, all those guys graduate, you know, we could be looking at, at Cuero as a, you know, a potential number one prospect in the system uh, in the not too distant future. No, I agree. I think he has a really quality skill set, really advanced in a lot of areas. It'd be nice for the Brewers to finally develop a homegrown catcher too, because that's something I don't think we they, also haven't seen since Jonathan Lucroy. <laughs> yeah. Besides Lucroy, I don't can't think of another guy for at least in the last 10, 15 years. So yeah, I mean you, yeah. you had Manny I mean you had Martin Maldonado. Um yeah, at the same time. Yeah. He was he was the backup to him, and then they shipped him off and Maldonado's done some good things. But I mean Manny Pena was was a trade acquisition, and you know, they've just kind of bounced through a whole bunch of other trade acquisitions, really. I'm hoping Tyler Black can kind of stay healthy this year. I think he's a guy that can move through the farm mm -hmm. system quickly. The second baseman, outfielder, I'll be curious to see where they play him. But you mentioned him earlier. He's a guy that's just kind of contact over power, puts the ball in play, and I like his versatility too. So he's someone definitely to watch. We've talked about Bryce Terang a little bit. 
you had um ranked above Eric Brown Jr., the Brewers' first-round pick in 2021. Mm-hmm. Bryce Terang has been in the system now for a few years, since 2018 or 19. 18. 18. And who do you like better out of those two guys long-term? I like Terang, but, I mean, also we, we've seen him a bit more. You know, Brown is, you know, we, we've seen a, a little bit of him uh, in A-ball last year, but – um, and, you know, he's already got a home run in spring training. You know, he's he's toned down his pre-swing movement, which I think is good. Uh, so I, I do like that. But I mean, also, I mean, Terang is close here. Terang, he has answered the questions defensively about shortstop. Uh, he can definitely be a long-term shortstop when Willie Adamas inevitably leaves because they won't sign him to an extension and, and pay him because you just know that's going to happen with this team. <laughs> So, I mean, I think Terang can take over at shortstop uh, in the near future here. And he really took some big steps forward with his power um, and, and really kind of everything last year. I mean, he set career highs in doubles, homers, RBIs, stolen bases, uh, batting average, OPS, slugging. Like, he set career highs in everything. And, and that was at AAA. So, I'm really excited to see what Terang can do this year. Uh, I think he could be, you know, a guy in the middle infield for the Brewers for, you know, well, probably the next six years because they probably won't extend <laughs> him either. Uh, I'm getting cynical, man. That, that, that's that's true, though. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for Terang, I mean, I like Eric Brown Jr. a lot. He mentioned to me in a past podcast about how he was going to tone down his batting stance and pre-pitch movement and I think that's going to help him but Terang I wish the Brewers would just give him a chance at this point he has nothing left to prove in the minor leagues I think it would be great if they would make him the starting second baseman I don't know if they will probably not but we'll see I mean the the one thing he does have going for him is that he is a left-handed hitter yeah and all the other second base options the Brewers have are all righties with the exception of Abraham Toro who's a switch hitter but also Abraham Toro, what has he really done at the big league level, you know? Yeah, I think he'd be a good utility bench piece maybe. Like, I don't know, they have a bunch of those guys who are kind of stuck in that same basket that are either veterans who are looking to bounce back or younger guys who are still still looking to prove themselves. So I'm curious to see how those guys do. A couple more for you, David. I guess first off, Craig Council enters this year as a lame duck manager. No shocker, they haven't even signed their manager to an extension. Uh, what do you think's behind that? To me, Council's one of the best managers in baseball. I know Brewer fans want to rip on him sometimes, and I don't really understand why he's brought them winning baseball, which is something they haven't had most of their history. Why do you think the Brewers and Council haven't come to an extension yet? You know, from, from everything that I've read so far, it just kind of seems like Council's not really – he doesn't really have any urgency to, to sign a contract extension. He may want to see where this goes. I mean, you had the, the Josh Hader trade last year and, and, you know, the clubhouse really kind of fell apart on him. And, you know, I think that was something that was kind of sprung on him because look, either he didn't know about that trade beforehand and, and they just kind of did it w- without asking him about it and destroyed his clubhouse, or they did ask him about it. And he most likely told them, no, don't do it. And then they did it anyways. So he may see where, where this ship is going. You know, he may see like, okay, if they're going to be trading Hater, and then they might trade Corbin, is this something I, I really want to stick around for? Plus he's got two kids uh, in college. Uh, he's got, I believe Brady is at Minnesota. Then he's got another one heading to Michigan next year or something, something right. like that. Yep. 
So he's got a couple of kids playing college baseball. Maybe he'll want to go see them, hang out, spend time with them. David Stearns left and, you know, he wanted to spend more time with his family. Maybe council wants the same, just kind of see when his contract is up. But yeah, it's very odd to see a manager in no hurry to get his contract extended. And and maybe it, it almost feels like he might be looking for a way out. And if council leaves, the Brewers are in big trouble. Yeah, I think I don't think he wants to be part of a rebuild. I don't blame him. Like you said, he's got Brady at Minnesota, Jack going to Michigan after this year, after his senior year at Whitefish Bay. So I think for him, he's got nothing to prove. Sure, he hasn't won a World Series as a manager. He's won one as a player, a couple as a player. So like for him, I think he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. So we'll see what happens. If he leaves, I think at that point, you might as well just tear it all down and just start over. I mean, because he's Brewers royalty. And and if he doesn't even want to be a part of this, you know, like he could get a job anywhere managing in baseball. Anyone would, any other team would be happy to have him. I mean, he may take a couple of years off to, to watch his kids play at Minnesota, Michigan, which by the way, why the hell doesn't Wisconsin have a baseball program? Like those guys should be going there, man. That's what, that's what they should be doing, but no, they get, they got to go to the States next to us. But yeah, the, I, I don't blame council for not wanting to be a part of that. And yeah, if they lose him, you're going to have to tear it all down and start over. Hey, we got the Milwaukee Panthers. That's Wisconsin's <laughs> only one D1 team. Go Panthers. But oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, got to support Milwaukee. But um, in terms of just the Brewers, we've talked about some prospects. We've talked about the moves they didn't make. Some good moves, I guess, they did make in the offseason. Where do you see this team finishing this season? No, I think they could very easily win the win the central if everything kind of comes together for them. Um, you know, if Winker bounces back, if Yelich hopefully bounces back, you know, as long as these guys remain healthy, I, I mean, the, the NL Central is really kind of wide open. I mean, the Cardinals really didn't do much to improve this offseason. Sure, they got uh, Wilson Contreras, but I mean, what else did they really do? I mean, they're, they're still depending on a what forty-one year old now Adam Wainwright to continue to to pitch well. He's got to run out of gas eventually, right? I mean, it, at some point, it's got to run out. So the the Cardinals, you know, as good as they were 10 last year, you know, the, the division is still really kind of wide open for the taking. And, you know, I think they can take it. And, you know, if they're able to, to get hot at the end, you know, maybe they can make some noise in October. But you got to stay healthy and you got to not trade the best reliever in baseball at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I think, the NL Central is probably the weakest division in baseball. So that's going to give the Brewers. Remember a like shot three there. years ago when it was like the strongest division in baseball. I know it's been a quick turnaround. I mean, it doesn't yeah. help when you had the, the pirates have been rebuilding for how many years the reds went for it one year, didn't win. And now are rebuilding. And then you got the Cubs who haven't done anything the last couple of years. Yeah. So um, in terms too of just some of the, these younger guys, Garrett Mitchell, I would assume is going to be the starting center fielder breaking camp. Sal Freelich is a guy that people rave about. He's a top 100 prospect has been really good in the brewer system was really good at Boston college. When do you see them calling Sal Freelich up? Cause for me, I think he could be an asset in the lineup with his bat to ball skills and what he provides for you offensively. You know, I think there's a there's still a chance that he could make the opening day roster. I mean, just with how well he finished last year and and how he's been hitting so far during camp. I know it's only been a couple of days, but 
you know, I think there's at least still a chance that, that he could make the team outright on opening day. But even if he doesn't, it should not take long for him to get called up. It, it really shouldn't. It, we should not be getting into May uh, and Sal Freelich still not being being called up. I mean, provided he still hits, which so far he has been able to do. I mean, he's going to be playing for Team Italy in the World Baseball Classic. So maybe being away from camp might, you know, weigh uh, a bit on them because, you know, he's not there in their Cactus League games. So maybe it's harder for them to put him on the roster initially, but he's still going to be facing top-level competition, and he's still going to be um, getting his at-bats. So I I think there's a very strong chance we could see him on on opening day. I think Mitchell is still your starting center fielder for now, Uh, but Sal Freelich, he's going to be coming up soon enough. No, I hope so, and I think he can provide a lot to the team. Like I said, it would be nice to get some of these guys, these young hitters up in their lineup to see what they can do too. So last question for you, David, is simply just what do you think would define a successful season for the Brewers? I think you got to make it at least back to to the NLCS uh, for, for them because, I mean, you, you got to make it back to the playoffs for sure. But, you know, we, we've seen also in recent years that they haven't won a playoff series since 2018. Since, since they won the NLDS against the Rockies. So, I mean, they, they've gotten there the past couple of years with the exception of last year, but they have always fallen in the first round. So for them, they have to get back to the NLCS. They have to win that first round. Um, well, I suppose now we got the wild card round, but still, like, like I, I think you got to at least get there, get past the NLDS and give yourself a real shot at a World Series for fans and, and everyone to look at this and be like, okay, this was good. Like we're back on the right track. We got things going in the right direction. And also if they do that, there's no way they could trade Burns and Adamas or, or any of those guys in the off season. Right. I mean, if you're coming off an NLCS appearance, could you really trade those guys in, in the off season? Be like, Oh, we're trying to get our best bite at the apple next year. No, you're not. <laughs> so I, I think that would be a successful season for them. You got to make the playoffs and at least make a, a somewhat deep run um and you know if you get a world series win out of it even better let's hope so it's gonna be interesting watching this team i think there's gonna be plenty of storylines throughout the year so david gasper editor-in-chief at reviewing the brew and host of the cold brew podcast david always great to talk to you man always great to be on man thanks it's always great to get david's thoughts on the brewers I'm not the most optimistic about this year's team and this year's roster in general. I think they can be competitive in the National League Central just because I think the NL Central, like I mentioned to David, is the worst division in baseball. But to say the Brewers have a shot at winning the World Series is, I think, a pipe dream. I don't think the roster is anywhere near some of the other teams in the National League Central. I don't think they can compete with the Mets, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Braves. I just don't see the Brewers having a shot against any of those teams if it comes to the playoffs and the Brewers trying to advance, especially with the way the rosters are currently constructed. And it's hard for me to believe that if the Brewers are in a pennant race come the trade deadline, that the Brewers are really going to push all their chips in to really go for it this year. I just don't see that happening based on their track record and their willingness to spend money in the last couple of years, they really haven't been willing to do that. If anything, they've kind of sold off 
some assets to cut back on some of the money they're spending. So these next two years are really important for the franchise. Like we talked about in the interview, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, they're one and two in their pitching rotation, are both free agents after the 2024 season. Willie Adamas, their star shortstop, he's also a free agent after 2024. So if the Brewers want to have a chance to win a World Series, it has to come in the next couple of years. They still have a talented roster coming back, at least with some marquee players. They have Burns, they have Woodruff, they have Devin Williams closing out games. They do have Christian Yelich. While I know he's struggled in the last couple of years, he is a former MVP, he is a former All-Star, and the Brewers are paying him a pretty penny to contribute and be a high performer for this roster. So they need him to bounce back in a big way this year if they want to have a chance. But the Brewers do have some talent. Do they have as much talent as some of those other teams I mentioned, like the Mets and Padres? Definitely no. But I think the Brewers have the talent to compete in their division. They're also going to need some of their younger guys, like a Sal Freelich, like a Garrett Mitchell, like a Bryce Terang, to really step up this year and be contributors to hopefully help them win because even though... It is a 162-game season, and all the games still have to be played. I'm just not buying into the Brewers as a serious threat in the National League. You can find all my baseball coverage, including my MLB draft and prospect content, on BaseballProspectJournal.com. You can also find me on Twitter, at DanZelinski3, as well as the Baseball Prospect Journal on Twitter, at the BP Journal. This podcast is available on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. That is going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski, and we'll talk to you next week.